bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And I am so glad that you joined us today. I hope you're having a good day. I know I am. It's a beautiful, warm day here in the Pacific Northwest and a good September day as fall approaches. And I'm excited about today's episode as we do a follow-up from uh, an episode we did a few weeks ago that was uh, entitled Media and the Death of Justice. And we looked at how media actually contributes to injustice in the world and how it did that. However, I did not feel that that episode was complete, and so I'm doing a follow-up episode today, which is still about media and the death of justice, but giving you some more ideas. I gave you some ideas last time of how we can uh, uh, sort of understand how we're being duped by a lot of the media sources, especially the 24-hour news cycles, and how we're being desensitized. But today I felt like I need to go a little bit deeper and give you some more tools on how to deal with that because it really, the media, whether it's the music industry, the especially the 24-hour news cycles, and various sources of information can desensitize you to the suffering that people are going through in the world. Now to remind you, about media, that media actually has a good purpose. The news has a good purpose, and what it should be is information given to you for the purpose of moving you, the listener or the reader, to good action. So when you watch the news or read the news, you should be motivated to take the information you've learned and move into positive action. So for example, um, if there's breaking news, maybe if you live in, a, in an area where there's a lot of storm activity, maybe tornadoes, uh, if there's breaking news that comes on right in the middle of your favorite show and it says, hey, there's tornadoes breaking out, seek shelter immediately, well, then you move to positive action by going to a place that's safe. Uh, as the tornadoes approach. And if you didn't know that tornadoes were breaking out during the thunderstorm, then uh, you wouldn't take that positive action and you may lose your life. But the fact is, news has that good uh, purpose of doing that. But the problem is nowadays, especially with these 24-hour news cycles, you've got the big ones, CNN, Fox, uh, MSNBC, and so on even your local news, which is is more prevalent than it used to be. Media has actually become an agenda-driven enterprise. And what they do, because they have an agenda, maybe it's a liberal agenda, a conservative agenda, or just whatever, the personal agendas of the corporation uh, that owns the, the particular news outlet, they have an agenda and so they slant stories in order to fulfill and promote that agenda and very important information gets left out of stories and it has become extremely money driven as well and so these news cycles exist for the purpose of making tons of money off of you by you know uh, showing you commercials constantly getting you to buy things after watching those commercials programming your mind 
you know, I'm pretty sure that people buy Toyota cars now not because they're good cars, even though they're pretty good running cars, but it's because there is a Toyota commercial almost at every commercial break. And so your mind has been programmed to think of Toyota when you go to purchase a car. And I'm just nothing against Toyota. I'm just using as an example of how we get programmed into thinking we should buy certain products. And then those products get shown during the news. And especially, of course, we understand the pharmaceutical industries and their constant commercials during news cycles. But, you know, we've got to understand that they're existing for a different reason now rather than giving us accurate information in order to move us to positive actions. I think one of the issues that I take with modern media uh, sources is that it, it desensitizes you and it causes you to not care that people are suffering. Uh, what happens is you see the images of suffering, people suffering. They've lost their house from a hurricane. They've lost everything. They may have lost relatives. Uh, earthquakes or famine and you see these images of people who are suffering and you sit on your couch and do nothing to help those people in their crisis because you've been desensitized to not feel that suffering and we are so desensitized now that we don't even feel bad for the people we see, maybe there was a day where we would see the images like, oh, that's terrible. We wouldn't do anything about it, but at least we would feel terrible about it. But now we're so desensitized that we see them and we don't even feel bad that those people are truly suffering. Because I'm telling you, there are real people in those images, real people who are really suffering and having real emotions and real pain from that so what media does now is that it removes the fact that real humans are really suffering. Get a hold of that for a moment. Real humans are really suffering. You know, right now, the, the big news uh, right now as this podcast is being recorded is the withdrawal of American troops from Afghanistan and the devastation that's happening as the Taliban takes back over Afghanistan. And we hear and we see that people are suffering as a result of this, but we just don't care. We don't do anything about it. We just go about our merry lives. And what's happening is that you as a listener or a reader are being used and controlled and manipulated by the media. And I hope you heard what I just said, that you are being used. You are being controlled and you are being manipulated by these news cycles. And that right there is why the media is the death of justice. And why I produce these podcasts is in a hope to awaken you, to see what's really going on and to do something about it. Because media shows us injustices, but they show it with such a slant and in such a desensitizing way that you, you just you do nothing and you just allow suffering to go on in our world. Now, it's easy to get duped by these stories. It's easy to believe that these stories were being told are truth, true and were being fed all of the right information, but the fact is you're being lied to. 
when you watch the news. They're leaving out important information. So I'm going to give you an example. And this is kind of embarrassing because I'm doing, I was preparing for this uh, episode. And as I was preparing, I was watching one of the, uh, or on the websites of one of the major news networks, and I saw a story about a mother uh, in Illinois who had her kids taken away from her. Uh, She was stripped by a judge in Illinois uh, of custody of her son until she gets the COVID-19 vaccine, and she was refusing to get vaccinated. And the judge took away her parental rights. And as I read this article, I saw that the judge made the decision. The mother, uh, um, uh, you know, refused to get the vaccine. And so she doesn't have custody of her child. I got quite upset about this. Uh, As you know, in other episodes with a recent guest we had that... uh, there's a lot of corruption among judges in our court systems. However, what happens, I read the story, got really upset this judge. I was like, how could they take away a mother's right to have her child just because she won't get the COVID-19 vaccine? So I was talking to a friend about this, and my friend asked me, she said, well, what's the background of this mother's relationship with her son, or what's the father's background? And according to the story, the father had an attorney, but he wasn't really making a big deal out of her not getting the vaccine. So I, uh, my friend asked me, uh, they said, what is the background of the story? What is the mother's relationship to the son? Has there been problems in the past? And I had to sheepishly hang my head and say, I don't know. So I went back to the story online and I was reading through the story and there's nowhere in the article about what the, the mother's relationship with the child has been in the past, what the father's relationship has been, all these things. It was missing. The only thing that was in the story is that the mother refused to get the vaccine. The judge uh, uh, suspends custody of the son. And I was embarrassed that I was preparing for this episode and yet I got duped by a story because I had been lied to. Now, who knows? Maybe the judge did directly uh, suspend custody of the child because mother wouldn't get vaccinated. But my friend said, you know, something told them that maybe, just maybe, uh, there's more to the story, but because there's an agenda uh, for either people who need to get vaccinated or the anti-vaxxers, Maybe there's an agenda there, and the story was slanted in order to fulfill that agenda, and I was embarrassed. I got duped, and and that that slant of the story got me irate about something that maybe didn't deserve that, and of course, I did nothing about it anyways, right? So, yeah, we have to be very, very careful when it comes. So even I struggle with getting duped by the media and and not uh, fighting for real justice. <clears throat> now, here's something that I want to to bring to your attention a little bit deeper than we did last time when we went through this episode. I want to talk about how to know if a story is true. So you're watching, you know, one of the news networks, major news networks, or maybe your local news. Maybe you're reading in a magazine or a newspaper stories. And how do you know 
if that story is true. Because just because it made it into the paper or on the news cycles does not mean that it's true. But you don't have access to all the sources that they have access to. So how do you know that a story is true and if it's worth your attention or not? And I've written down several tests, five tests to help you know if a news story is worthy of your attention and if that news story is actually true. And the first test is, does it feel like the person is giving their opinion of the story? Does it feel like the person is giving? Are they injecting their opinion? And there's ways to know that. I mean, you feel it. You can sense it. You know, it just feels like this is just this person's opinion. And it's not actually fact. They're not just reporting the facts. Uh, uh, An interesting, I guess, way to put it is if you were, there was breaking news that tornadoes were breaking out in your area. And the facts would be there's tornadoes breaking out in your area. Uh, Now, if they on the breaking news says these tornadoes are breaking out in your area and if you don't seek shelter, you're going to end up dead. Okay, well, that's not a fact. I may, in fact, not end up dead if I don't seek shelter because tornadoes are very localized. And so they don't, they only kill directly, uh, end people's lives directly in a direct hit. They don't necessarily do it if you're five miles away from the tornado. And so the fact is, if the, the, the news anchor says, you, if you don't seek shelter, you're going to die, that's just their opinion. And that's a silly example, I know. But the fact is, it happens all the time. Uh, you'll see on these major news cycles, if, if you know, where they uh, will report something that the president did, and they'll either inject an opinion of whether they think the president did a good job and made a good choice or made a bad choice. I, You know what? I don't care what their opinion is. I don't need to know if the president's decision was good or bad. What I need to know is what decision did the president make that's going to affect my life? That's it. I don't need to know anything else beyond that. So does it feel, first test, like the person is giving their opinion of the story? The second test is, are all sides getting equal treatment? So, for example... Is CNN or Fox, uh, for example, since those are major news networks, are they giving President Trump and President Biden equal treatment? And I think we would, all of us would agree that they're not. It's obvious who Fox supports and it's obvious who CNN supports and your local stations as well. But are all sides given equal treatment? So, for example, if there's uh, on your local news channel uh, at night, maybe at 6 o'clock you're watching news and here in Portland or whatever, and you see that at a school board meeting there was a decision made. Is that news source saying, here's what the teachers said about the issue, here's what parents said about the issue, and they don't inject their opinion. They just merely say, here's what the teacher said, here's what the parents said. And that way, that informs you as a listener, here's what's going on. This actually affects my the school my child goes to, and therefore I know what's being said. I know the issue. I know who is saying what. 
I'll form my own opinion on what action I should take. So does it feel like they're giving their opinion? Are all sides getting equal treatment? Are they just reporting the facts of what both sides of the issue are saying about the thing? The third one, and this is an important one, and it may strike as humorous, but a third and very important test to know if a story is true is count the adjectives in the story. Count the adjectives in this story. Now, for those of you who failed English class or it's been a while since you've been in English class and you forgot what an adjective is, it's a word that describes a subject, okay? So it describes something. So if I say, hey, it's a day, that's just a fact. It is a day. But if I say it's a beautiful day, Maybe there's lots of sunshine like today here in Portland, blue skies. And I say, it's a beautiful day. That word beautiful is an adjective. It described a kind of day. The thing with adjectives, though, is they're not factual. And that's something you got to understand is adjectives are not factual. So it is a fact that it is a day. I think everybody understands we're within a 24-hour cycle uh, of of the Earth's rotation. However... To say it is a beautiful day is not fact, and here's why. Because some people would not say it's a beautiful day. There's a a, a gentleman I work with who loves cool, rainy days here in the Pacific Northwest. Not me. I love it when it's 90 degrees and blue skies. I love it on those kind of days. And when it's rainy and cold, especially in the Pacific Northwest, when it's been like two months of rain, I'm just like about to give up, you know? It's just like, I can't handle this anymore. However, he loves it. He thrives in that. So for him, a cool rainy day is a beautiful day. For me, 90 and blue skies is a beautiful day. However, that word beautiful is just merely an adjective and it's not fact because it's merely an opinion of how I interpret what something is. So for example, if I'm five foot 10 and if I'm next to a six foot five person, person who's six foot five inches, I say that is a tall person. However, if somebody that's seven foot is next to somebody who's six foot five, they would not have used the opinion adjective that they are tall because compared to them, that person is shorter, right? So adjectives are funny things. They're they're descriptive, but they're always opinion-based. It doesn't matter except for ones that can be proven. So for example, if I say I own a blue car, well, that's again, that's descriptive, but it's fact the paint is blue on the car. So we understand that's provable. But most times when you insert adjectives, they're, they're merely opinion-based, based upon somebody's uh, perspective. Now, here's where this goes to the media, though, is that a lot of times Media sources are guilty of using adjectives in their stories, and that puts a slant on the story and it, and it plants a seed in your mind to think of the story in a certain way. So, for example, let's say there's news that there's a hurricane that's hitting New Orleans, and let's say there's houses that are destroyed in New Orleans with this hurricane. They may say on the news... There are a lot of houses that were destroyed. Well, were there a lot of houses destroyed? That's relative. Let's say that there's 200,000 houses in New Orleans, 
and 5,000 houses got destroyed. Well, 5,000 is not a lot compared to 200,000. So again, remember, slant on the story. And you really see this in a lot of news stories where they use the word extreme. Extreme, or a lot, or big, or harsh. I love this thing. There's this these hornets that have popped up in the state of Washington, Washington that they call murder hornets. I have to wonder, why do they use the word murder hornets? Do they have a little gun in their hands or something, killing people? You know, I get that they're dangerous, but, you know, again, they're inserting an adjective in order to, to, to create fear, to create an agenda, and to get it across. So count the adjectives in the story. Now, Fourth, and again, another important test to know if a story that you're being told is true is, do I need to know this? That's important. Do I need to know this? Is this necessary for my life? Uh, you know, for example, uh, there's uh, wildfires in Australia. I remember last summer or last year, there all these wildfires in Australia and all this being told. And I realized, you know, I don't need to know that there's wildfires in Australia. And I'm sorry, and I definitely will pray for the people who are suffering from those wildfires now that I know that there's these wildfires. But the fact is, you know who needs to know that? Well, it would be firefighters. And it would be, maybe there's, here in the United States, there's agencies that can send aid over there to help They need to know that. And that could all be sent through an email, (laughs) frankly, to the proper sources. But I, as the common Joe out there listening to the radio or watching TV, I don't I don't need to know about these wildfires in Australia. Well, but if you do come across information, certainly I can pray for people. That's pretty much about it now. And another example, let's say that there is a hurricane that devastates New Orleans what instead of it being on the news, what can happen is the proper agencies contacted through email, and then volunteers that help in those situations they get email because they're on the email list. And I believe I mentioned that in the last episode on this. So that that's a very important point. I was wondering something with a friend one day, and I asked them back in the days here in America before the Europeans came on the continent, it was just the Native Americans. I would wonder, did the tribes, the Native American tribes here in the United States, did they even know that the Roman Empire was existing at the time that the Roman Empire was alive? They they may have gone through their whole life and not even know there was a Roman Empire while it was happening. Uh, Or back then, it could be that the Native American tribes in the Pacific Northwest had no idea that a hurricane had hit the tribes in the southeastern part of the continent. So, you know, again, they didn't need to know that. It was unnecessary for their daily lives. So, let me repeat some points. To know if a story is true, does it feel like the person is giving their opinion to the story? Are all sides of the story getting equal treatment? Count the adjectives in the story to find out they're really trying to push an agenda. Do I need to know this? And then number five and finally, final test is what can I do about it? What can I do about this information? If there's nothing that you can do about it, then you just wasted your time watching and reading it. So the fact is you 
waste a lot of time, and I waste a lot of time, we waste a lot of time watching and, and listening to stories that we can't do anything about, and therefore we could have been more productive with something else. Now, I hope that test helps you out. I hope that's a help to you and that you understand more uh, of uh, how this works out with the media. But I want to finish off this episode with what you can do, what you should do with the information you now know, how the media programs you and controls you and how media actually promotes injustice by desensitizing us to human suffering. And the three things you should do with this information today from this episode is, first of all, turn off the news. Just turn it off. You, I think you need to fast from it for a while. I'm pretty sure that we're, we're all pretty addicted to watching the news. I mean, even at the airports, it's on, on the TVs, and it's like can't even have a layover in an airplane without getting away from it. So turn it off. Fast from it for a while. And what you'll notice, because I did this, I, I, I very rarely watch the news anymore except because I do episodes uh, in these podcasts on the news, I do pay attention just so I can kind of understand what's going on and give my perspective. However, I have pretty much just shut off the news. I don't own a television, so I don't watch TV anymore. I rarely stream anything on, on the internet. And so when I do go to the news, there are certain sources I use, and I look at all the major networks just so I get a varying thought on what they're doing what the news is. However, I I have fasted from it, and I'm going to tell you what you'll notice is when you shut it off, your mood will change. You won't be as depressed. I'm surprised, and I didn't notice it before I did this, but I've realized the people around me who watch the news constantly and read it online, they're kind of depressed. They're they're discouraged about the condition of the world. But if you shut it off and fast from it, your mood will change and you'll actually be happier because you won't be bombarded by negativity because it is a very rare thing that the news stations actually, uh, that the news sources actually give positive news. It's usually just negativity. So your mood will change and you'll have less stress. You won't be stressed out because you're trying to carry the burdens of the world. So turn it off fast from the news for a while. Secondly, eventually find good media outlets because there are good media outlets out there and put limits on your time with it. Put your limits on your time with it. Now, you you know, if you say, man, I'm going to look at this for 10 minutes a day, then just look at it for 10 minutes a day and no more. How do you know if it's a good media outlet? Put it through those tests I just gave you. And then finally, don't believe everything you're told. Just do not believe everything you're told. Do your own research. And when my friend confronted me, I believed what I was told about that story about that mom and her son and the COVID vaccine. But my friend challenged me to research and find out what all the facts were of the situation. But the fact is, I didn't research because I realized this is nothing I need to know. I don't need to know this situation that's going on in Illinois. And so, but if you feel like you need to know, then do your own research and get all of the facts of the situation. You might be surprised, but then, you know, I believe that information comes to us so that we'll move to positive action. So the fact is, uh, if you're going to expose yourself to news, be ready to take action to make it a better situation for those who are suffering. Well, that's it for this episode. Tell me what you think. What do you think about... uh, the media, does it 
Does it really destroy justice? Does it desensitize? Do you need to make some changes in your life? I'd love to hear from you. You'll hear at the end of this episode what our email address is. I encourage you to email us and let us know what you think. We'd love your thoughts on this as well. Have a great day as you make a difference right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.